good realtor will spend three hours a day calling? This is not your typical boring real estate show. This is real estate marketing redefined, uncensored, and unedited in what's working today in the market minus the fluff. This is Real Estate Marketing Dude, because just having a license isn't enough. Now, please welcome your host, the unprofessional professional, Mike Cuevas. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. Today, we're here with um, some dude I met at the Lab Code Agent Conference um, last June or so. One of the biggest things that I see a lot of agents need or always are talking about is scripting. What do you say at this particular time? What do you say at this time? What do you say to this person? What do you say at that person? And a lot of times, guys, I think we overthink a lot of this shit. So today we're having on probably one of the uh, top quote unquote scripting guys, I would say in the real estate industry. And this guy is like a Casanova with his words. So ladies, if you're like <laughs> listening, if you're listening to this show right now, honestly, you might get a little excited just by hearing this guy talk because nice. he knows, he knows what to say. He's got big blue eyes. He's a silver Fox. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, we're going to go through and introduce our guest right now. Uh, his name is Mr. Dale Archdeacon and uh, he's awesome. Awesome at scripting. This is what he does for a living. So Dale, go ahead and say hello to our, uh, listeners really quick. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's such a pleasure, man, and an honor to be interviewed by by the dude himself. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's. I'm happy to be here. Cool. Tell us, tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are, where you come from, what you do, and then let's get into this. Yeah. So what I do now is I have a coaching and training company called Smart Inside Sales, and we help teams and agents increase their lead conversion and their productivity so that they can drive more return on investment from the leads and the marketing they're doing without spending more money on it. Because, you know, if I can put an additional 50,000 or $100,000 a year into somebody's pocket from the efforts they're already making and the money they're already spending, it's well worth it for them. Yeah. And so what we do is, you know, we offer coaching and training by application to see if they can join our flock and come in and, and reap the reward of doing that. Do you want a little bit of background? Like, yeah, why please. I got to the point where people want to pay me money for that to happen? Yeah, tell us sort of what your background was, how you sort of came across this and whatnot. Yeah, so I'll give you the short version. After I got into the real estate industry, I personally spent, you know, when I got into the business, I didn't have any money. I didn't know how, I didn't have any money to, to invest, to market, to do anything like that. And all I knew from my experience of like, working in a, in a call center in high school way back when is that I could pick up the phone, talk to people and make business happen. Right. And so, and, I mean, I knew it in theory, but I wasn't that good at it. So I got into the real estate business cause I had never sold real estate before, but I was like, I need to be talking to people. I knew at least that much. Sure. So I actually got a little bit of training, got some coaching on how to make cold calls. So at a certain point at, you know, I, started doing that and grew to the point where I was one of the top listing agents for expires with drawings and for sale by owners in my market. But then I started to get burned out and I joined forces with another agent who had a team and they were primarily referral based. Um, and they had just invested in a brand new website, but the agents didn't know how to convert those leads. And they just thought they were, you know, it's like, Hey, they cherry picked them and everything else was crap. So this agent came to me and he was like, Hey man, you're like a ninja on the phone. Can you come and work these leads for me? And I was like, listen, I'm getting kind of burned out doing this myself. How about we find other people and teach them how to do what I'm doing? 
So we worked together and I developed a system over time where I could take a stranger off the street and with our leads, they could produce another 40, 50, even up to 60 transactions in the first 12 months. Uh, so then I took that and went on the road and created a coaching and training company so that I could spread the love across the world. Very cool, dude. I think you can see this all the time. It's like, what do I say? How do I say it? Like people, people ask for a script for like an open house. I'm like, bro, just say hi. Okay. I say know. hello. <laughs> say hello. Walk them around the house. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to overthink this stuff, but let's, no. let's start the, let's start the basics with this. Yeah. Uh, what would you attribute to the most important components of scripting overall? And let's start by talking about online leads. Yeah. Okay. So the thing that we have to understand is that people, you know, if you do this from the most basic, Mike, somebody's either looking for a salesperson right now or not looking for a salesperson right now. Let's make it that easy. If they're looking for a salesperson right now, you nearly have to completely shit the bed to mess that up, right? Yeah. Because basically anything that comes out of your mouth, whatever you ask them is going to be just fine, but you might miss some things. So what's really important is that the majority of the leads get produced in the real estate industry right now is people not looking for an agent. When they're yeah. not looking for an agent and you know that, just be straightforward and direct in terms of asking them who they are and what they're going to be doing. And then it kind of branches from there, right? Now, the person who's not looking for an agent is either willing to talk to you or not willing to talk to you. And you're saying this because people, most of these leads are like asking for a list of homes, for example, or yeah. they're looking for like information. Just, they could be curious, right? They're just, what do they call it? Look, looky lookers or whatever the hell they call it. Yeah. But yeah, that makes sense. That's interesting you say it that way. All right, go, go keep going. I do want to Yeah, because uh, you know what, I mean, what I teach, I have this whole course that I teach and part of the foundational trainings that we do with teams and agents is we teach them all these principles of having conversations with people all these principles of converting leads because scripting doesn't really work. The minute that a lead doesn't follow your script, you're effed, right? You don't know where to go. Now you're kind of floating and you got to figure out what to do. So what we do instead is we teach principles so that people can have salespeople can have comfortable conversations with virtually anybody, even somebody who's shouting at you, you can have a comfortable conversation with them without any like diagram to follow because you yeah. don't need it. And if we teach you those principles, it makes it much easier. But back to me just sort of condensing it down to, do they want a salesperson? Do they not want a salesperson? Let me give you the examples of doesn't want a salesperson. I just registered on your website. How much is that house on whatever street? Do you know how big that yard is, right? I just clicked on an ad on Facebook and I saw some pretty houses. Those people are not looking for an agent, right? And then you're gonna reach out to them and they're either, or they walk into an open house. How many people walk into an open house because they're looking for an agent? Zero. Virtually, maybe one. Let's just, yeah. be, let's be optimistic. One out of 50 walk into that house because they're like, I need an agent to help me, right? Yep. The other people saw a sign for an open house were like, I want to see an open house for whatever reason. A gamut of reasons they want to do that, but they're not there to talk to you. So then we go to, wants to talk to me or willing to talk to me, won't talk to me, right? And if they're willing to talk to you, again, that's pretty easy. Talk to them, right? Yep. Find out all the who, where, when, why, what, and how much of what they're doing and who they are and when they think they're going to do it. If they don't want to talk to you, now we just need to get a couple of basic pieces of information and try to get them to talk to us or get them to calm down or get them to 
ease their mind to get them to talk to us. Do you believe that every real estate agent or lender right now, because I, I, the way that you put it just made me sort of think about the whole thing in a different way. And is it safe to say that most of us are thinking they need an agent when they're yeah. calling on the lead, right? Yes. And that's probably why most of us can't convert our leads. <laughs> <laughs> Agents are trying to sell something that the person is not looking for. They keep Makes a lot of sense. Sell what this person's not looking for. And so you need to understand the mindset of the leads that you're talking to first. And it's not that they won't need or use a real estate agent in the future when they buy or sell real estate. It's just that at the point of impact where you run into them usually in this industry, they aren't looking for you. So stop selling you, right? Very well said. Uh, my mind's racing, go ahead. Um, all right, so Good. knowing that, Okay, and I, I can see what you're doing here. You're taking us through this little like consumer journey funnel. I like it. Let's keep going down this path because I think people can really paint the picture. So first stop is figure out or know that they're not looking for a realtor. Right. And I'm going to guess where you're going to tell me the questions you're going to ask is going to point out why they should be. Yes, you can get well, or here's what you have to do, Mike. If it's that easy, if they show pain, that's simple, right? Well, I'm looking for this kind of house and I can't find it, or I'm just moving to the area, I have no idea of the schools or neighborhoods. I don't really know the pricing, right? Yep. We're hearing pain, right? We're finding something that we can solve. What's hard is harder is somebody who's like, oh yeah, we're not in a hurry. We just saw some cool open houses, but we're not really thinking about it. I'm not, I don't really know, maybe like sometime next year. There's no pain there, right? Yep. So if you want to try to orchestrate a situation where you're in need or you can present a benefit to them, we first would then have to create something that they needed because they haven't told you they need anything. This is all super like high level. And I think we need to bring this down because you're the marketing dude, right? You are the marketing dude. And we're talking about like scripting and dialogue. And if, and if we gave this recording to the average agent, they'd be like, Sounds great. And he has awesome hair. What the F do I do with it? <laughs> <laughs> well, but scripting is marketing though. True. Scripting is marketing. And you know, how we present ourselves and what we say in my world is just an extension of our brand. So it can be a little bit high level, but at the same time, I think a lot of these agents, this is really, really good advice. Just that little tip right there. I'm like, holy crap. I didn't even think about that. And I need to, I'm wondering about that just with my own funnel. That's where my mind's racing right now. That's why I was like, wow, that's pretty dope. Let's relate it to me, right? So I'm a coach yeah. trainer, okay? And what I've discovered over the time, what, what we work to do is we work to find more people who want to grow their teams or want to grow their businesses and have an acute pain and we can solve that pain for them. I didn't know that. I, I wasn't doing that. I didn't realize that I needed to do that when I first started out. So instead it was like, hey, I'm going to wave some training in front of you consume my training and then we're going to like try to catch you on the phone or something and try to sell you on coaching or training when that didn't work very well, right? Because those people weren't looking necessarily for coaching and training in that moment. They wanted to consume content. They wanted to find a free way to increase their businesses. They weren't ready to make an investment. And when yeah. I discovered that what you're looking for are those people who are want to make an investment to improve their businesses. That's who we were looking for, right? So relate this back to these leads. Understand your lead source 
understand their mindset, understand where they're coming from, meet them there, and figure out how close or far are we right now in my conversation with you from you recognizing an acute pain that I can solve for you. If they don't have an acute pain that you can solve for them right now, then guess what? We're gonna work on what their process is, what they're doing when they think they're going to do it or when they think they're gonna make decisions and what they're going to get at that time and try to drive it backwards to, okay, well then now can I relate that, oh, you do want to do planning in order to get the most money or spend the least money on a house or have the easiest process got it. Now, can we have a meeting to do that? Can we go out and look at houses? This um, this is an open house example. Oh, I'm not really sure when we're doing this. Oh, got it. So are you interested in saving the most money you possibly can on your next purchase and getting a great deal? Why, yes, I am. Oh, wonderful. Well, what if we went out this week and we looked at a couple of homes just to get an idea of what we might be able to save on those kind of homes and where the pricing is at versus can I take you, can we go buy a house this week, right? It's benefit driven. Yes, benefit driven. Interesting. So what is the biggest mistake other than an agent's mindset? What's the number one mistake why most leads die right on the phone? So when you said on the phone, meaning the agent is actually doing follow-ups. Yes. Email, text, or phone, but it dies. Yep. Okay. Usually it dies the first reason that it dies is because you try to push them too fast. This is totally counterintuitive to all the sales training. And in fact, even if some people go through my training, the first key thing we teach them, every salesperson, is now, sooner, or logical next step, right? So every conversation that you have, I want to find out, can we do it now? Can we buy now, list now, sell now, meet now? reduce now, make an offer now, right? Go shopping now. We teach that. And then if you can't do it now and you ask into that and you really understand why now can't possibly happen and won't happen, then you move it to sooner. Okay, great. Can we do it sooner, right? If they convince me that it can't be sooner, won't be sooner, doesn't make sense to be sooner. Now we focus on what's my logical next step with you. And that's really just developing with the lead their process to get from here to whenever they have bought and they or they have sold, right? And sort of talking them backward through the process so that I can put myself into those touch points rather than just a random follow-up. Oh, I'm gonna call you like once a month or so and see where you're at. That's not a logical next step, right? So the reason I just gave you that little scenario is because that's one of the key founding things that we teach. However, I just said something totally contradictory, right? which was yep. that it dies when you try to push them too hard or push them too fast. It dies when a salesperson is speaking to a lead and no, remember, a lot of these leads aren't ready to do something right now. So it dies when the salesperson, instead of hearing that they're not ready to do something, tries to artificially convince them to do something now. Yep. Let's just relate this to dating and make it really simple for everyone to realize this. So guys in the guys on, on, on your treadmills right now, have you ever asked a girl to like sleep with her on the first date? <laughs> have you ever made the mistake of asking a girl to sleep with her on most any date? Yeah. <laughs> well, Way into that kind of thing. What do you think is going to happen guys? I mean, it's the same thing. I, I oftentimes I always relate dating and, uh, to scripting and all of that, because a lot of it really is, you have to obtain that permission and that trust. And you're right, everyone's in a different, 
you don't know where that person's at at any given time. And I'm right. thinking about my own mental, like when a salesperson calls me, I hate sales calls. Like I hate the random calls. Like I always, I just can't stand them. But once in a while, I'll like, I'll engage the person a little bit just because I'm in a good mood. And usually that's like Friday at three o'clock for me. Right. So you don't really know what the state of mind that person's in, but that's interesting and how you have a way to sort of handle that. Yeah. Um, and if, let's use your dating analogy. Yeah. So what I'm talking about, you walk into a bar and you see, and this is for my guys or my girls there, right? So you walk into a bar, you see an attractive, the reason this breaks down sometimes, guys are usually aggressor, right? So we can relate to this. From my experience, I mean, I didn't do all that well that women were just coming into the bar and walking up to me, right? Um, <laughs> so it's hard to use that analogy for that, but it basically you walk up to the person and you're like, hey, would you like a boyfriend, right? Or even, hey, do you like guys? And they're like, I sure do. And you're like, oh, got it. That's great. So do you plan on having a boyfriend in the future? Yeah, probably. I'm sure that will probably happen. And you're like, great. Can I be your boyfriend now? And they're like, I, I'm not ready there, right? I, uh, that's kind of weird. So that's where the leads die a lot of the time, right? Totally. Instead of you, you mean you've got some positives here and you're trying to get married or you're trying to you know, start dating. And they're like, oh, hold on a second. We just made a big jump here. But the problem is, then they're like, well, Dale, what, what, am I, what do I do with these people who aren't ready to do something now? That comes down to, one, if we can create a logical scenario for why they would meet with us, you know, you have to develop with them what their need is. And early on, it's information, it's experience, it's something like that, that they want to, that they would be willing to get yep. in order to trade time with you. And then you have to make that offer rather than, you know, if you're looking from their perspective, anytime somebody talks to a salesperson, one, they expect the salesperson wants to sell them something. Two, they yeah. expect the salesperson to say anything to get it and to not let them go. Totally. And there, I bet you that when a salesperson isn't salesy at all, they actually have a way higher, I mean, like, because you're right. Most people are like, this guy's going to sell me something. Like, get this guy off the phone. Like, I could smell his commission breath from here. Right? Yeah. But I, bet, I could bet you that when you get someone on the phone, they're like, wait, why does this guy have to sell me something? Why didn't he sell me anything yet? Like, I think I like this guy. Is yeah. that what we're saying? Absolutely. Yes. Definitely. So, check this out. I had a uh, Friday. I'm driving home after work. It's like 4 o'clock. Going to get my you know, my six pack and all that. And I get a call from my web, my old website. Like I still get leads from my Chicago real estate dude website. So this guy calls me and is a seller and he has a unit he needs to sell in, in Lakeview in Chicago. And at first he was being a total dick. I could tell he was sort of like, he called me, right? And he's like, yeah. So first thing he asked, what do you charge? Like not hello, not hi, not how are you? What are you doing? Like the guy was just mad. He was angry. I could tell he was having a bad mood. But this is one of those times I'm like, fuck, I'm just going to engage this guy. See what happens. See if I can yeah. convert this for old time's sake. So anyway, I'm not even in Chicago and I still converted it. So the guy's like, so he started talking to me. He's like, he's like, so I have to do this. Listen, I did this, this, that. And then I, I totally shut him down. I'm like, that's like the worst thing. I said, I don't know the exact conversation, but I talked him out of something. He's like, I'm going to go, he's like, I'm going to go out and sell. I'm going to go put this on the market. I'm like, wait, what? Don't put it on the market yet. And here's what it was. He goes, I think I should be listed at 134,000. I'm like, well, you might as well list at 139,900. You're going to reach the same buyer because they're going to search in the same parameters. And then right there, he was like, oh, and I knew that's when I had him. We ended up, we we're on the phone for 21 minutes. 
Wow. Right. This is a, that was my, it was my whole ride home. And I was just talking to this guy. And before we hung up the phone, not only did I give him two referrals, but he's just like, bro, thank you so much. I'm going through, like he opened up like his whole life thing. And what ended up happening was what started off as a very, you know, negative conversation ended up being like, we were bros by that time it was done. And he's going through some kind of life situation. My guess is it's probably a divorce, but one of those types of situations where he had to sell in 90 days, like he has to sell, there's no ifs, ands or buts about it. Yeah. Um, but he told me his whole life story, like about into, I'd say 12, 13 minutes into the conversation from there on off, we were, we were bros. Yeah. But yeah, I talked him out of listing yeah. the house. Now, that guy loves you. Yeah, he did. He was that, like, dude, that, you're awesome. I just gave him honest advice. I was like, that's actually the worst thing you could probably be doing. And no, some realtor asked him for 6%. I'm like, you could probably get 5% realistically. And he's like, thanks, man. He's like, that's what I thought too. I'm like, all right. But it's just you earning that trust. It was interesting that you say that because it's exactly what we did. I talked him out of using me I and mean, he still wanted to use me. So let's go back to the scenario, right? Where leads die. The other place that leads die is that agents actually don't ask for the appointment. Believe it or not. And I listen to thousands of hours of calls. I do a regular web show in a, in a giant Facebook group that shall not be named unless that's cool every week and we review those calls and we pull out it's very frequent that we what we hear is oftentimes things get things die with the agent closing too fast or the agent not closing at all right or and the third way that it dies is the agent is in there the agent's asking questions trying to develop something and then they hit resistance i'm not going to do it now not going to do it with you not going to do it at all, whatever it is, right? Or I'm going to do it some other way, whatever it is, buy or sell. I'm not ready to talk to somebody right now. When they hit that resistance, they either, they either bail, right? They just totally give up and they're like, oh, okay, call me if you need something. Or they do the other wrong thing, which is go straight in for another close, right? In the face of resistance, they hit a no, they're like, say yes anyway. Oh, it's no, say yes anyway, right? Yeah. They don't know how to effectively handle resistance in any situation. And when they can learn those things, when they can learn how to close appropriately, tee up an appropriate close and without giving up opportunities, meaning that they actually do close, and then effectively handle resistance, any kind of resistance, their lead conversion goes up immediately. Makes a lot of sense. What do you think? What is the, uh, do you know what is the status for online leads right now and converting to an appointment? Do you guys have that data by any chance? Like a ballpark? Yeah. So it's not, it's, I don't talk a lot of statistics because we work with people from across the country sure. and in Canada and every market is different. It True. really varies. But generally speaking, things like paid advertising, things where people have to take an effort to get to you convert higher, generally speaking. So yeah. portal leads, right? Portal leads on average will convert somewhere between five and 10% if you have your stuff together. PPC, pay-per-click, things like that, where people have to go out of their way to go down your rabbit hole and end up giving you their contact info in exchange for something, those generally convert somewhere between two and five, two and 6%. And then stuff where you know, and the problem is I have a lot of friends who are lead purveyors, so don't shoot me, please. Uh, but, you know, things like where you're just dangling something out in the world, something shiny, right? 
Mm -hmm. that stuff converts at a much lower rate. So if you have your stuff together, that's like one to 3%. That's interesting. Yeah. I saw Facebook. I saw uh, Travis Tom put out a good stat the other day on video. And he said that Facebook came out with it. Facebook said the value for consumers, the value of a video, 40% of the value of video is given in the first three seconds and 74% in the first 10, which just tells you the beginning of the video is the most important part of it. But I imagine the exact same thing with inquiries or leads is like, and how you respond. Like I remember one guy, I remember one of my agents once, this guy was the worst on the phone because he was so monotone. Like literally, so we, we'd run absentee owner campaigns and we'd get leads, lots of them, and people would call in and go, hello, this is Chidra. Hold on a second, can I grab, let me, and then when people called, he said, hold on a second, let me grab my pen and paper so he could take notes on them. And I'm just like, bro, I had these calls recorded. I'm like, dude, you cannot convert these. They're, they're like begging you. And you're just, you're, it's creepy. That's crazy. Yeah, but it's, it's just so, funny. So how important is that with the tone on instant? Like um, the first impression, like how on a phone call specifically. If, if that, the caller was monotone, yep. that guy would have been perfect. He'd have been a hundred for a hundred with monotone people. Interesting. Uh, with, you know, with high energy people, he's not going to win, right? With, uh, you know, chatty people, he's not going to win. So you, it really matters a lot. It's all about, if you're, if we're talking phone, that's voice to voice, right? Similar to face to face because it's tone, inflection, all that stuff. If you match that other person all the way down to even using their words, we teach that you use, when they answer the phone, whatever word they use to answer the phone or how they answer that phone is how you answer them back, right? Yeah, they say that's hello, awesome. you say hello. They say hi, you say hi. They say, who is this? What do you want? I'm so-and-so, this is what I want, right? Like that kind of level of, rapport because you don't have a lot else match that just mimicking what they're saying and then they're they're naturally they're more like i like this absolutely guy. because think about it this way it's not so much that i'm gonna like you because i said hello and you said hello but i said hello because that's what i think people should say when they talk to other people well guess yeah. what i'm gonna say what you think people should say how about that now i'm gonna at least sound within your ballpark and i'm not gonna be different from you you should see, Dale, um, the amount of times I drop an F-bomb in the first conversation when I meet with somebody. And most times they expect it. But once in a while, a couple people bounce. And they're just, they don't like it. But I will say that overall, I get a lot more people interested because I'm just being, this is how I talk, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, they're I think- also the same way too. They're also potty mouth fucking right. son of, sons of a bitches, trust me. Um, no, they're not church going like, <laughs> right. and you also find clients that you, that you click with. Which totally. Totally do. I think that works good for what you're doing. If you are, however, for instance, we train a lot of ISAs. I don't want only the people who click with that ISA, that ISA better click with as many people as they can. Sure. Right. So let's take us over into text as well and emails and all this and, the tonality and the response sort of on each, like walk us through sort of what's working today. Um, because, yeah. and, and didn't a new iOS update or something come through where um, you're no longer going to be able to take calls from people that aren't on your phone or something like that? And can you explain that? Yeah, it's an option that you can set on your Apple phone, on your iPhone, where you can reject, automatically reject calls or necessarily send them into voicemail if they're not in your Rolodex, right? Wow. Not in your contacts. That's a big deal. Yeah. So there's a pretty high percentage of people out there with iPhones. It's like 50 something percent 
So those people who opt into that are going to be able to do that. And so with those iPhones that are set that way, text is going to become even more important. Text and email is going to become even more important. And it is, I mean, it's important now for those of us who are running really optimized teams where you have your stuff together, right? Yeah. You're calling, texting, emailing, you're in some, depending on the lead source, you're uh, messaging, you're doing social messaging, right? You're sending out blast voicemails, things like that. So those teams are doing a lot of different ways to make sure they get in front of people because a lot of people don't answer their phone anymore. I have a voicemail on my phone that says, please don't leave me a message. First of all, I don't answer my phone that often. Second, it says, don't leave a voicemail, text me, right? Yes. Because I don't listen to it. So if you aren't doing that now, you need to be texting, you need to be emailing, you need to be doing all of those things in order to get in front of your lead and do it all at the same time. Don't get a lead in, try to call them today and then wait till tomorrow to text them and then wait till two days to email them. You do it right now. Call, then text, then email. And it, depending on the lead, social media message. Or if the lead comes in social media, you start social media, right? Work your way backwards. So what you need to be saying in those things is it depends on where the lead is at. If it's a brand new lead, I want you to think the polar bear joke, right? For like that pickup line. How much uh -huh. when you walk into a bar up to a hot chick, how much does a polar bear weigh? I haven't heard that one. Shoot. Enough to break the ice. My name's Dale Archdeacon. Nice to meet you. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> like a terrible, corny pickup line, right? Yep. I want you to think brand new lead, it's polar bear pickup, right? You yep. just need to get them to break the ice. That is the hardest thing to do. So, Mike, I'm going to let's do a little quiz, right? Shoot. Now, you end up a lead in my system, right? You go onto my website and you register or you see a shiny thing on social media and you click on it, right? Now you've given up your contact information and you're like, it's coming, right? Yep. It's coming. Okay, now you get either a phone, a voicemail or a text message or an email that says, hey, thanks for registering. My name's Dale Archdeacon and I'm a real estate agent in this area and I'm awesome and I really love to help people. And if you want to buy a house or sell a house anytime in the future or any of your family ever do, please reach out to me and let me know. I'd love to help you with any questions. Signed, Dale Archdeacon, real estate extraordinaire, whatever. That's option one, right? That comes in. Versus, hey, first name, this is Dale. Thanks for registering. Are you planning on buying this year or not? Question mark. Which True. one of those are you more likely to answer? First. The first one with all the, oh, I'm amazing. Talk mm -hmm. to me. Yep. That's crazy because more people answer the second one. Really? Yes. Interesting. The very simple question. Because it was simple? Simple. Because it didn't was... sound like canned salesperson bullshit or whatever. Even if it was true, it's just like, that's too much, dude. That's walking up to me in a bar and asking me if I, you know, want to get married. And so you're making it short, sweet, and to the point. Short, sweet, to the point. Easy question to answer, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. guess what? They don't answer that first one. In about three hours, which one of these are you more likely to answer? Hey, paragraph of information, la 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 right? Yada, yada. Or, hey, did you get my last message, question mark? Two. Two. Easy. It's polar bear, right? Simple. It's like, that's all I need to do. And that's a simple yes or no. 
I'll take a simple yes or no. How do you mix up? Cause a lot of people also say you got to seven or eight times. You got to follow up six to nine times or whatever the numbers are before you actually get someone on the phone or before you should ever give up on anybody. So how do you tie all that in? Or are you saying, what is that touch system like upon inquiry and all of that? Yeah. So actually we don't give up ever until they're either dead. I like, I like that. That's a good answer. Until they either die or threaten to call the, the authorities, right? Or they prove that they can never, will never buy or sell or refer anybody to us. There's no other reason to give up. Why would you give up? There's still going to be a person that needs a place to live, right? Yep. So instead, what you do is new lead comes in, you're going to hammer them for seven days, and then you're going to let them go for a little while, right? Onto automated stuff, easy automated stuff. Then you're going to bring them back up, hammer them for another seven days, and then let them go automated. Then bring them back up, hammer them. And what you'll see is if you're a small agent or a small team, and you don't have 10,000 or 50,000 leads in your system, right? You can do this. You can keep bringing in new ones, hammering the new ones, letting them flow, bringing back old ones, hammering the old ones, letting them flow, right? And you can just keep resetting this stuff over and over again. When you become a bigger team and you know, you've got 50, 75,000 leads in your system, which I've worked with people like this, right? A team of 10, eight ISAs can't even work through that kind of stuff. What you have to do is you look for the stuff at that point when you're there, you're looking for this, obviously you're still handling new and you're looking for the stuff that bubbles to the top and you can effectively work the top stuff. A lot of that other stuff has to really rely on automated blasts, emails, text messages, voicemail. You're talking about after the seven days. After the seven. Yeah. So for the most people, it's like seven, let it go for 30, seven, let it go for 30, seven, let it go for 30, right? As you keep getting new stuff in. What I'm saying is for those bigger teams out there that have massive databases, right? They can't turn their databases over every, every sure. other days. They just can't do it. They don't have the manpower to do it. So when it gets to that, now they're a lot more automated and they're just looking for stuff that bubbles to the top that they have to effectively like one-to-one -one work. So what about the first seven? Do you recommend an automation for that? I know there's a lot of different types of softwares and whatnot, but are you saying... Because a lot of the tools now, it does feel really authentic. I'm, you know, a lot of them do, but there's a lot that don't <laughs> as well that you know you're on automation. And, you know, I, I feel like in today's world, when someone knows they're on automation, they're like, screw this, dude. You know, like the, you could feel it and I think it doesn't work. So, like, what's that fine line between tech and that, especially upon first inquiry? Like, upon first inquiry, if you get a lead, are you automating that text preset? Or is someone actually following up individually? And then how do you personalize that to make it not feel so robotic? Yeah, the first one is um, it's automated. So regardless of what your system you're using, if they have programmed in automated stuff for you, you should, I mean, your first text, your first email, all of them should be automated. There should be a set of them, right? Your call, you have to do that. You just have to. But everything else can pretty much be automated, except here's what I would say. Time your text to your call if you can, because the best thing that you can do, and I'm just going to give these things here and people have to figure it out with, this, with the systems that they have. The very best thing that can happen is when a lead first registers or first takes an action, an automated system emails and texts them at that point. Then the salesperson comes in and makes a phone call when, whenever they're able to. Ideally, it would be 
just after those automations go out, right? Mm -hmm. But now we're talking follow-up. So your call is going to start first. Then I would still fire a text and fire an email at that time. And the best thing that can happen is the text message comes from the same phone number that they just got a call from. Got it. Because in this age, like the one of the reasons I don't answer my phone that often is because I get so many bullshit telemarketer calls. It's really annoying, right? The one thing that almost no telemarketer company can do is bother me from a phone call from a certain number and then text me immediately afterwards from the same one. God help us when they all figure out how to do that. But for now, that's what we have to do, right? Mm, Because the consumer sees the call come in, doesn't answer it. I promise you that if they have that phone in front of them, they're going to read that text if it comes from the same number. That's interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah. Hmm. You do that too, don't you? I do and I do. It's like if I if I don't make the call, if I don't answer it, and it's not because I don't answer a call, like I'll be on something else. But if I get the text, like it just happened right now. I just missed a call and someone just followed up with the text. And while we're doing the podcast, I'm like, oh, who's that? Great. But it, it is. It's habit. Exactly. Uh, Everyone does that. And no spammers right now are duplicating that, or at least none that are prospecting me. Do you uh, emojis? I don't use emojis only because I don't know the person that I'm talking to. Sure. And if you use emojis with me and I'm, we're not pals or we weren't just drinking at the casino last night, I'm probably not going to like it. <laughs> That's funny. I, 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 from Vegas. I actually just won 200 bucks on blackjack my first time. A friend of mine taught me how to play. Good job, buddy. Well, you know, you only win on the first time, so don't go back. Uh, it's not so gonna trust go back. Me. Yeah, that's don't usually what happens. Time. Yeah, it, it doesn't get any better. Happens to everybody. Everybody wins the first time, they go back and they lose their ass. I think it's a conspiracy theory for Las Vegas. I don't know. But yeah, so if we're at the, if we were at the table last night together, or we're buddies, right? We're friends. Like you and I were having beers and tacos in uh, San Diego. You can emoji me, dude. But you know, for like a, a stranger salesperson, for my personality, it wouldn't really work that well. It just depends on personality. So yeah, I would right. err on the side of not screwing it up ahead of time versus hoping that it's going to work for somebody. Yep. Makes sense. Dude, very, 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 very cool stuff. Any other things you want to go ahead and add to this? Yeah, I think that uh, one of the most important things, and like I said, I just spoke in Vegas. And one of the things that I realized is that, you know, if I'm talking out there either to agents who are doing their own lead gen and lead conversion, or if you're a team leader who's trying to help your agents convert to a higher level, this principle, I want to teach this. I just want to tell you about this and tell you what the impact is. So I do this talk. I'm up on stage. I'm presenting these concepts, right? I'm talking through these things about, you know, like I talked about now, sooner, logical, next step, and some other things about like how to objection handle, how to tee up a logical close. Uh, how to overcome anything that's in somebody's way and figure out what they're actually buying. And I don't mean houses, right? What they're buying so I can sell it to them and offer them more, better, cheaper, faster, easier to entice them to get it. So I'm talking about these things. And of course the crowd's like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. No, I got it. Yeah. We do some of that. Right. So I just taught it to them. And I'm like, okay, I taught this to you. And I know it sounds simple, but I want to see if we can actually do it. Right. So now we're going to take a scenario, we're going to take, we're going to role play a scenario and they couldn't demonstrate it. I said, let's take this, this uh, particular objection, walk me through it, right? When they were trying to do it live, 
where they were doing a role play, they couldn't actually do it. I had to correct them to be able to get them through it. And then once I showed them how to actually do what I was teaching them, that's when the light bulb went off, right? And they got it and they were like, oh wow, I actually get it now. So that's from, I think I know what you're talking about to, oh my God, like now I can kind of do what you're talking about now, the third step, Mike, is they actually have to go and do this with a consumer, right? Right. It's like going from basic training to actually getting your ass shot at, right? Now you get to go get shot at and see how you yep. do. Usually <laughs> shit the bed when they try to do that next step. So that's why I'm saying that it's so difficult for, we can teach these things, but if you want to learn how to actually do it and you want to implement it, the steps are find the people who know how to do it get them to teach you and practice how to do it in a safe environment and then have them listen to you getting your ass shot at and see what you actually did and you listen to it too and then you rinse and repeat until you can actually do it live. Yep. And I'm telling you man if you're an individual agent and you go through that process with yourself a couple of times you're going to be you're going to have too much business for yourself and if you're a team leader and what you're trying to do is get your agents to produce higher and be happy about it and not be scared of it you got to follow that process with them and it will make a huge impact. It's probably not even just for lead conversion. This is for everyday conversations. Like these are for, these are for dinner conversations. Like you guys could be out. How many times you go out to dinner with, you know, your significant others, friends, significant others, and you get meet a new person and you don't know if you could do business with them or not. There's a lot of things like that. You probably are. You're, you're probably just wired to talk like this. No matter why, no matter where you're at, he probably just closed me on something, folks. And I have no idea what the hell, what the hell he's closed me on yet. But I, I'm sure when we get done with this podcast, there's gonna be something. <laughs> no, I don't have joking. anything that anybody can buy today. You can hit me up. All, everything that we have is by application. So just you know, I'm yeah. Dale, smart inside sales. I know you're gonna ask for my like, you know, where to find yep. me. No, go ahead and uh, go ahead and plug it right now, Dale. We're gonna just get wrapped up here. Go ahead and let our listeners know exactly how they could find you. Maybe you got some stuff up on your site they could check out. And folks, if you guys are like struggling with what to say on the phone, give this guy a call. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. Yeah, Dale at SmartInsideSales.com, and we're on Facebook also. Smart Inside Sales. I'm super easy to find. I got a weird last name, Archdeacon. Archdeacon. Thanks, dude. It was an awesome, awesome show. And folks, thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. You guys know where to find us. If you need help building your video marketing plan and you're sick of a bunch of logging on the Facebook and seeing your best friends buying or selling houses without you, then you got to give us a call. Let me nurture your database with video content so they don't ever forget who the fuck you are or what you do. That's what we do. And we make it very, very simple. So thanks for listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude. Dale, thank you for your insight today. And we will see you guys next week. Adios. Today's episode may be over, but we have plenty more to keep you busy. To get your complete blueprint for building out a real marketing plan for your real estate business, head over to realestatemarketingdude.com and see if you have what it takes to really become more than just a typical agent. Are you the next real estate marketing dude? Find out here next time on Real Estate Marketing Dude.